It is Monday, August 14th. I'm Scott Seidman. And I'm AJ Hoffman. Week one of the preseason in the books. And the Ravens make it 24 straight. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Raiders and Saints wrap up week one of the preseason with wins. The Colts expected to get Jonathan Taylor back this week. NFL is the lead, obviously, Scott. So we'll uh, we'll just say what it is. We had a great weekend of preseason football. So let's jump into it and let's we'll, we'll go with the most recent games and work our way backwards. So we'll start with the games from yesterday. Uh, where the Raiders put in some work. 34-7 winners over the San Francisco 49ers. Aiden O'Connell, who I never thought much of uh, at Purdue. A lot of people liked him a lot more than I did. Mm -hmm. He actually looked pretty solid uh, and and really put himself in a nice spot for – behind an oft-injured starting quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo. And that's the biggest thing for the Raiders' quarterback situation, and much like the 49ers, who we'll get to in just a second, is they're trying to figure out who their backup is. You have Brian Hoyer, who's there. He's been around forever. He's obviously been in that system with Josh McDaniels and very familiar with it since the days back in New England. And Aiden O'Connell comes in as a rookie, and he plays well, and he might earn himself that number two on the depth chart. But the 49ers situation is much more polarizing. Mackenzie Rivers is with us this morning. And, Mac, Trey Lance got the start, played the entire first half. What did you make of his performance? Hmm, what did I make of Trey Lance's performance? Uh, seven points, not good. <laughs> <laughs> Three and out on their first series, uh, playing behind a backup offensive line, though. Um, but he did lead a touchdown drive, albeit – uh, a lucky bounce on the touchdown, Max. Is that fair to say? You know, it's funny. Uh, Shanahan, after the game, said that was his best read. I'm really re- glad he went there. You know, sometimes it works out. But uh, everyone's saying that was a terrible pass. It should have been an interception, except for the coach of the 49ers. So that was a good read. Could have been a little more in front of the guy. Sam Darnold uh, played the rest of the game, and he went 5 of 9 for 84 yards in an interception. So who has the lead right now? in the race for the number two quarterback job for the, with the 49ers. I mean, McKenzie has, may have more insight than I do, but it feels to me like the fact that Trey Lance started the game, he's the one who took them down to score. It seems like he's at least mo- at least somewhat ahead in the race if, if they had to make a decision today. Obviously, but, they but got plenty this, more time. Is but. this Kyle Shanahan doing like – like look at what Todd Bowles is doing with Tampa. He said Baker Mayfield starts week one of the preseason. Kyle Trask starts week two of the preseason. So is Kyle Shanahan going to do the same thing? I think so. I think Darnold starts week two. He said he you know, didn't get a real opportunity to play with the ones. That will change next week. Do you expect to see Brock Purdy at all in the preseason, or are they just going to hold him back and let him rip week one? I, I think they hold him back. I mean, it's six months like to the date it will, when he'll be ready, and that'll be like September 7th. Okay, yeah, it's going to be wild. Theoretic. So this is a, a guy who, I mean, let's face it, got just a handful of games of mm-hmm. experience, no preseason reps. Uh, I mean, obviously what, what he's doing in practice is one thing, but uh, it, it, it is a bold decision to throw him out there week one uh, without any preseason snaps. Elsewhere, the New Orleans Saints got a 26-24 win. Jimmy Most, Graham caught a pass. He did. He did. He caught the pass from former 
Raiders quarterback. Uh, Derek Carr. Michael Thomas also had a kid. Like, Michael Thomas is still in the <laughs> National Football League. It's been a while since we saw Michael Thomas. Um, but Derek Carr looked solid, and Derek Derek Carr physically looks good right now. Mm-hmm. And if if Derek Carr looks anything like he did in – again, it's a preseason game, but if he looks anything like he looked yesterday – the Saints are going to be happy. They're mm-hmm. they're getting a bit of an upgrade over what they've had since Drew Brees left. Well, they're favorites to win the division for a reason. Uh, they have a quarterback now that they believe in. Six of eight for 70 yards and a touchdown in his Saints debut in the preseason. Alvin Kamara was involved uh, heavily in the offense, even though he will not play for the first three weeks of the season. The Saints also suffering a little bit of uh, – uh, their depth at the running back position takes 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 a hit. Kendra, uh, Keandre Miller injures his knee, and I don't know what how serious it is. It is a sprained knee, but you're looking at that depth chart behind Alvin Kamara now. Jamal Williams will start in his place, and then what? Yeah. Is Kareem Hunt going to sign, or is he not going to sign? Who else is going to be carrying the football or playing running back for the Saints weeks one through three? I think there's certainly more motivation now to sign Kareem Hunt or at least get, you know have have a conversation with him because right now you're you're running you're running thin, uh, knowing that you're not going to have Kamara to begin the season. They've they've got to do something. For the Chiefs, they may have to do something too. Obviously, Charles Aminahu is suspended mm-hmm. uh, for six games, first six games of the season, and Chris Jones is holding out only two pressures. On the quarterback, zero sacks. Not worried about that right now. You're not worried about no, that? No, not week one of the preseason. Okay. Not week one of the preseason. Well, and I'm I mean, also, I also think that they'll pay him, so I'm you not think worried be about there? it. Yeah. That, that's, yeah. that was my next question. Like, do you, like, when do they pay Chris Jones? He's, he wants a better deal, obviously. Uh, Ominahu is going to be gone. Mm-hmm. So, like, going out there with no Chris Jones and no Charles Ominahu, they would be, feels like they'd be in trouble. Yeah. Uh, but, again, you're, you're right. There's still time to get things worked out. And I'm guessing with what the Chiefs saw yesterday – Maybe that pushes them towards, you know, putting putting a couple more numbers mm-hmm. on uh, a couple bigger numbers on Chris Jones' check. On Saturday, a fun game in the Battle of L.A., the Chargers and the Rams. Chargers beat the Rams 34-17. But it was Stetson Bennett against Max Dugan in, in the place where the national championship That's game pretty was. Wild, isn't so it? Stadium. That is pretty wild, yeah. <laughs> and listen – Kellen Moore, good start for him. Like this is, you, you don't have any of your guys. You don't have your big receivers. You don't have Justin Herbert out there, uh, and the offense still looked like it was clicking. So, uh, I, I'd say this is a promising start for Kellen Moore, at least as the coordinator in uh, L.A. Yeah, Stetson Bennett led a 16-play, 75-yard drive. Uh, concluded with an 11-yard touchdown pass in his NFL debut for the Rams. Although. As we talk about turnover-worthy plays all the time here at pregame.com, two dropped interceptions. Yeah, that could have changed the way Stetson Bennett looked. He put a little, he put a little uh, zest on those yeah. balls to make sure they couldn't draw, they couldn't catch it. That was a smart, smart play by Bennett. Heady. Tell me if you've heard this before. <laughs> the Baltimore Ravens won a preseason game. 2019, they beat they the did. Eagles. They win. They don't cover. That doesn't sound by four. Like I said, both of my leans uh-huh. for the, the week one of the preseason, they they basically hammered into my brain. This is why, AJ, you don't bet preseason. <laughs> Leave that to the experts. I thought when, they, when the announcement that Lamar Jackson wasn't going to play came and then the line moved two and a half points, mm. I said, oh, this is great news. This is – 
Lamar never plays in the preseason. So this is all people who thought he was going to play and now he's not going to play. I didn't think he was going to play. So now I'm back to getting the value that I hoped for. Looked like maybe the Ravens were going to get a push on this and then a late field goal. Uh, it puts the Eagles, gives the Eagles the cover. My other one was the Chiefs' first half, thinking that mm. Mahomes and the boys would be out with the first team offense. Uh, dominated in the first half. 24 straight preseason wins now for the Ravens. How unreal is that? I, I, you just can't bet against them. I mean, you, you got burned if you laid the points here, and yep. this spread fluctuated as we got closer and closer to kickoff. But if you're just doing Ravens money line in the preseason, Mackenzie, what is it now? It's 24 straight wins, but ATS, is it now 20 and 4, or are we at 19, 5 and 1? Where are we with the, the Ravens preseason ATS? I know people differ, differ on that. 19, 4 and 1, and 0 oh and 2, last two. Oh, so we got a trend here. Okay. 0-2. <laughs> if they don't cover the next one, that's called the losing streak. That's right. Uh, Jaguars take care of the Cowboys 28-23. To me, what I took away from this game was how dynamic Deuce Vaughn is. And when everyone wants to talk about Tony Pollard being the, the, the main running back and they're getting rid of Zeke Elliott, Deuce Vaughn might be the most impactful running back on the Cowboys this season. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. It's, it's wild to see pictures of him standing next to his teammates he's so small yeah. he's, he's like the tiniest person but but that's it, traditionally what run, good running backs were like the little yeah. guys but it looks like uh it looks like he can really play so uh 50 yards on eight carries including a touchdown uh so a, a great introduction to dallas cowboys fans and if you're gonna have him and tony pollard if tony pollard continues what he did mm -hmm. last season cowboys could be dangerous deuce Vaughn, he's a home run threat every time he touches the football his moves, he's got like the Barry Sanders juke down pat. The, the fans are already chanting, Deuce! They're not booing him, they're chanting for him. I, th I think the Cowboys got a real good one in Deuce Vaughn. I do too, uh, but I also think watching this game, I think we need to give credit where it's due. The Jags, they really have something going on offense specifically. Doug Peterson really has this thing clicking. Uh, Calvin Ridley, Trevor Lawrence, uh, Christian Kirk, all of them out there. All, they wanted to get their starters some work. And, man, they looked really good. This is a, a promising sign for the Jags, who I've kind of thought have maybe been a little overinflated just because mm -hmm. they, they won the division last year. Nobody else in that division looks any good, but I don't know for sure if the Jags are a good football team. What I saw of them on Saturday says the Jags are pretty good. They've got some juice. Well, I can't wait to see what episode two of Hard Knocks is going to bring as they recap the Jets' second preseason game, a 27-0 shutout over the Carolina Panthers, a game in which the defensive front for the Jets balled out. And that's all anybody was talking about after the game was just how incredible this front is going to be with the depth that they have on the defensive line. They constantly pressured Bryce Young. The, the Carolina offensive line was just on ice skates the whole game. And I thought that that was the biggest takeaway from the Jets defensively was their pass rush. But let's talk about Zach Wilson and the offense. Touchdown drive, two field goal drives, six series, and he seems to be benefiting a lot from Aaron Rodgers' tutelage. Well, he also seems to be benefiting from training wheels because they've basically gone back to the bases mm -hmm. with him. A lot of short dink and dunk passes. And I think letting him build some confidence, which is a good thing. Clearly, he was wrecked last season. Like, yeah. No one can have a season like that and feel like, I'm the man. Uh, and I think especially a kid like Zach Wilson who needs a little bit of that swagger, 
giving him some simple throws to make, some easy throws, is a, is a positive thing. So uh, the offense looks good, and I, obviously I think it looks a lot better when you put Aaron Rodgers out there. The, uh, the young quarterback on the other side, not so much. Um, Bryce Young, uh, it, it was – can't do anything when you're getting hit every time you drop yeah, back. Yeah, it was tough, and it's tough playing a rookie behind a a bad offensive line. Um, that that was that was tough for him. I don't know if that's going to change throughout the season. It could be. Mm-hmm. It could be a rough first year for Bryce Young. You talk about the Jaguars, and you mentioned their offense and how they look really good. The Bears beating the Titans 23-17, and all anyone's talking about is how good the Bears' offense looks. And, I, you know, listen, you complete a short pass, a wide receiver screen to DJ Moore, and he takes it 62 yards to the house, everyone's going to go crazy because they say, the Bears finally have a number one wide receiver. It's Did Justin Fields do anything impressive on that play? No. The, the blocking was great. He caught the ball. And he ran for the touchdown. But here's what Justin Fields does to defenses. He opens up things like that because there's, there is all the safeties. Everybody's worried. Middle linebackers, they're all worried about what could happen if Justin Fields mm-hmm. takes off. So it does give some extra space to guys like Khalil Herbert and DJ Moore if they catch the Yeah, Herbert also had a long touchdown. So this is where Justin Fields, you know, if he can develop into even a, an average passer – he becomes just a huge weapon. But even mm-hmm. even now where he's a well-below-average passer, he still gives defenses – they still have to think. Uh, and we didn't see it. I, I said this on Friday show. I didn't expect to see mm-hmm. Justin Fields running. I expected them to want to, to look at his arm a little bit. Uh, but I, I do think that threat certainly helps him as a passer. For the Titans, Malik Willis, he looks like he's beating Will Levis right now for that backup job. He led a 12-play, 75-yard drive. He ended it with a touchdown run. He passed for 189 yards, did throw an interception, but it was Willis who engineered the the field goal drive at the end of the half, 60 yards down the field. It seems like he's more comfortable. Obviously, he's more comfortable than the rookie in Will Levis, but he looks more comfortable than he did in limited time last year. Yeah, for sure. And my thought was, and I heard basically rumblings that, Malik Willis is in a bad spot. Like, like the odd man out here? Yeah, he may not even. Well, because you you, you, you drafted left so early. Yeah, he, yeah. Like, like Malik Willis may not make the roster mm. is what I was hearing. What I saw in this game, what I saw out of this game tells me he's going to be on that roster. Mm-hmm. And, and also what we saw out of Levis. Uh, there's still a ways to go for him. Willis certainly more comfortable now. I, I think it's, uh, I don't know that it's decided yet, but Malik Willis certainly has the, uh, the, the, the leg up mm-hmm. in the competition. Well, let's talk about the fourth overall pick and Anthony Richardson. Uh, the Bills beat the Colts 23-19. Richardson throws an interception on his opening drive. Not a good pass. Uh, no, Dane Jackson did the work, and um, he, he's in a, a, a battle for, for playing time in that secondary, so that was a nice look for him. But, yeah, the, the Bills' defense looked tough. Again, Anthony Richardson, I, I kind of knew it was going to be uh, mm-hmm. it was going to be rough sledding for him early on, but I think the Bills have to be happy with what they saw out of their defense. That's you know that back end of that defense is uh, the safeties they feel like are good. Corner is a spot where they need someone to step up. This is a, a big step for them. Richardson played three series, did not get any points, finished seven of twelve for sixty-seven yards and an interception. And elsewhere on the Colts front, they are expected to get. 
Jonathan Taylor back this week. Now, where did this news come from? Like, is it like, came from Shane Steichen? Shane Steichen said, "Quote: He should be back this week." Do I know the exact date he'll be back? No, but he should be back. Okay, I, I mean, it, you're right. It doesn't seem definitive. It just seems like. He's answering a question and said, oh, yeah, he'll be back this week. Until I hear from Jonathan Taylor that mm-hmm. he'll be back, I, I don't know what to make of it. Like, it doesn't seem like Jonathan Taylor's interested in, in getting back in any any sort of hurry. Yeah. And we haven't heard anything from him. Uh, I don't know. I will, I'll, be, I'll be pleasantly surprised if he shows up. The Packers, this was on Friday. Packers beat the Bengals oh, 36-19. Boy. Jordan Love. Got going early. Yeah, listen, I am as a uh, Jordan Love doubter. Um, <laughs> this was pretty eye opening for me. Uh, this is this is about as good of a start as he could have had to this game, and he wasn't in the game for a long time. But he he looked really sharp, uh, spread the ball around well, and he the Packers made not lose much. Uh, like it, from disinterested Aaron Rodgers mm. a year ago to hyper motivated to get paid Jordan Love this year. Like Packers may not may not fall off a whole lot. Seven of ten, seventy yards, and a touchdown to Romeo Dubs for Jordan Love. Meanwhile, for the Bengals, we talked about this before. When without Joe Burrow, I mean they they might have like the worst backup situation in the NFL. Like they're relying on Joe Burrow so much. Their backups are Trevor Simeon and Jake Browning. Yeah, like they don't have anybody. So I, I can't trust them at all in in a preseason where it's going to be Browning and Trevor Simeon. Simeon played in the first half. Browning then no know, Br- Browning played in the first half. Uh, Simeon oh, yeah. played in the second yep. half, which was a little bit of a surprise. But I guess Browning's had an, a year in the system. Mm-hmm. But oh, it, it doesn't look good. So again, you've got to. Really, really be hopeful if you're the Bengals that Joe Burrow's ready to go week one. If he's not, I would imagine Trevor Simeon by then, because he's got a little more he's got a little more skins on the wall. Uh, he would be the guy who who would get the start. But man, it's a it doesn't look good right now for the Bengals. Lions beat the Giants 21-16. The Giants sat pretty much all of their starters. Uh, Jalen take anything away. Yeah, Jalen Hyatt, who is is the, everyone's talking about him at Giants camp. He's the burner. He had one catch, but minus four yards. He played 16 offensive snaps, so didn't get the ball much. Tyrod Taylor was the quarterback for this one. For the Lions, Jamison Williams got action, although he's going to miss the first six games of the season for violating the league's uh, gambling policy. He did catch a two-point conversion after the long punt return. But, yeah, not much to take away from a game that didn't feature any of their starters, which it made sense. They had joint practices during the week. They didn't play anybody. Uh, Falcons, a 19-3 win over the Dolphins. Similar in that neither one of these teams really played mm-hmm. anybody. This was a, a true battle of, of, like, guys fighting to make the roster. Yeah. Mike White got the start. He played the whole first half, 9 of 14 for 85 yards, uh, threw an interception in the end zone, though. Ooh. But Skylar Thompson didn't do any better. Uh, the Steel- he, Two interceptions and a fumble. Yeah. Not good. Steelers beat the Bucks 27-17. And uh, Kenny Pickett might be getting some more preseason reps, according to Mike Tomlin. Yeah, but he only played one series in this in this first game. So I, I'm not really sure what the what the holdup was. He looked good when he was out there, but maybe expect if, to see him more in game two. That, I mean, at least that, that's what yeah. he's hinting at, certainly. But uh, yeah, I, I was actually surprised to see him only play one series as well because this was another team I looked mm-hmm. at and I thought about, oh, maybe I want to bet on the Steelers with, but because I know that Kenny Pickett will be out there, but he was only out there for one series. That was enough. Um, Mitch Trubisky, Mason Rudolph, 
Uh, they got their reps and looked decent as well. Bucks not so much. Not a not a great mm-hmm. not a great uh, start to things for Baker Mayfield. Yeah, Baker eight of nine for sixty three yards, a ten yard touchdown. Uh, Kyle Trask did have a twenty three yard completion to David Moore. He was intercepted later on the drive. He was six of ten, ninety nine yards, and an interception. Mayfield got the start in this one. Kyle Trask will get the start next week against the Jets. I think you saw with both these guys, like you talk about the training wheels, like we were talking about with Zach Wilson. It looked like that for both these teams. And I know mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield is certainly like conscious that he doesn't want to throw any interceptions so he's being ultra careful with the ball but I mean you're being so careful with the ball it's hard to have any real playmaking uh so that's what I saw out of that first game with the uh with the Bucks. Commanders edged the Browns 17-15 and Sam Howell got his first action as the starter and they did have a touchdown in their third series on the field yeah I mean this was okay for, mm-hmm. for Sam Howell, wasn't great, wasn't terrible. The offensive line was not really good for him. Um, we'll see if if that improves. I think they'll need it to improve. But the I thought that the uh, they did a good job considering what I thought Sam Howell was. Sure. I, I didn't. I think Sam Howell's not very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he looked solid. He looked like he could move around a little better than I thought he would. Um, again, this wasn't a this wasn't the Cleveland Browns starting unit out there. But the it did a relatively good job. Deshaun Watson got the start for the Browns. He was three of three passing, but for no yards, like 12 yards. But he did rush for 20 yards on three carries. So Watson seemed engaged early on, and that's a good sign for the Browns. Oh, no doubt. And they, the Brown, like any hope the Browns have of doing anything real hinge on Deshaun Watson returning to form. Because the Deshaun Watson they had last year, it doesn't matter if you have the best other 50-man roster in the NFL, mm-hmm. non-quarterback roster means absolutely nothing if that's the kind of play you're going to get. So Watson's going to be very important for them. And the Cardinals beat the Broncos 18-17. The Broncos starters left the game in the second quarter. They were up 10-0. So, and I can't take anything away from the lack of depth from both of these teams. But Jared Stidham, 5 of 15 with an interception. So not good for uh, Russell Wilson's backup. Yeah, the Broncos, like their offensive line is just a mess. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're, even Russ was under duress the whole time. I, it's going to be tough for any any quarterback to have much success behind that line. So that's a recap of week one of the preseason. And uh, we talked about the Thursday games on Friday morning show. Texans over the Patriots and Seahawks over the Vikings. When's our next game? When the are we- next game will kick off on... Thursday, preseason night two. Thursday night football, the Browns at the Eagles at the link. Let's go. Yeah, it's uh, it. This means we're only two more weeks away from. I guess we have an off week now. Mm-hmm. Only two more weeks of pretend football away from like getting to the real stuff. This was. Let's see. This yesterday was the thirteenth. So it's just one, one, two, three. Three more Sundays. The fourth Sunday. All right. Is seven hours of Let's commercial free football. Starts now. Commercial free football. Well, yeah. If you watch the Red Zone oh, channel, okay. is that what you watch? Yeah, of course. Oh. You don't. You don't Red Zone channel on a Sunday. I don't. What do you What do you do? I watch games. And, but then what happens during commercials and stuff? I switch to the other game. But. I mean, we're like Directv. Like you have like all all the games or have like the package, like whatever the uh, yeah. I mean, I usually have Red Zone Channel on the main TV. Okay. And then in the office, I have... Whichever your, like, your one, most interesting game One is. game on. Yeah. And then, like, I'll just... If wherever, I change my seating plenty of times. Seven <laughs> hours, you know? 
You know, your See, ass, I, your ass gets kind of I don't molded change my seat into one spot of the couch. You got to move. I've got an old man recliner, like a big a lazy boy. Recliner. Yeah, so yeah. I, uh, I, I don't move. I'm a big red zone guy. Yeah, yeah, and I was a big fan of the Directv red zone, the Andrew Siciliano one. Yep. I mean, Hanson does a good job for for the NFL, but now there's no more Directv red zone channel. It's all just the NFL yeah. red zone. Uh, so it's all one show now. But I'm not against red zone, and it's like it's not a it's not a terrible I think it's option. One of the, it's one of the best inventions they've ever done in television. I guess there's just sometimes I want to see like I I mean, wanna, ESPN did a college see how you version. get to the red zone. Like yeah. I, you know, well they they they, they bring you back. They okay. show you ESPN did a version. Remember ESPN goal line. I do remember that. For a little bit, they yeah. had, like, a college version, but it was only games that were on the ESPN family of networks. Yeah. So you missed, like, any SEC game yep. that was, like, CBS. Or you, didn't, you didn't get to see it any highlights like Pac-12 games. Nothing. Getting, yeah. yeah. So it was only, like, you know, you'd see a lot of Big Ten because they yep. were on, like, the ABC ESPN package. You'd see ACC, and it's, like, whatever. You, you weren't getting all of the games no. that were on on a Saturday of college football. But I think it's phenomenal. The... the, the, the the idea of just only showing you the scoring plays, or it goes beyond that because, like, they show you what's interesting. And you can watch a whole Red Zone channel and know everything that went on that day. That's true. And then you get the touchdown montage at the end. And guess what we get this week? Monday Night Football. Bam, 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 bam. Oh, man. Ravens at Commanders. The Ravens who never lose. Yeah. They they, imagine it? they lose in prime time. Will they make? Oh, that line is going to be so inflated. Oh, Ravens because, minus 40. Yeah. Wow. I think the Commanders as home dogs might have to be the play. I think the play is Ravens money line. <laughs> 25 in a row. The play is always Ravens money line. It's like uh, until it loses, prove me wrong, friend. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained, and it could be easy to ignore your social battery and just spread yourself too thin, you know, especially when it comes to social gatherings and maybe just things you're not in the mood for. Well, do you know the right amount of socializing you need to do to keep yourself balanced? Therapy can give you that self-awareness, and you can build basically your routine that reflects what you need personally. Everybody's different in this way. That was a big driver for me when I was in therapy. I got a lot out of it, and it's so easy here. Give BetterHelp a try if you've said, I don't want to go out of my way to do this. It's all online. It's as convenient as can be, and it's suited to you. It's simple. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time. For no additional charge, find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Vegas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Vegas. AJ, it's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why ever since they jumped the board as a sponsor with us, I've been drinking AG1 because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality, and I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore. Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, bud. Uh, I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, 
Are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. It was a day of comebacks in Major League Baseball yesterday, AJ, and some of them of the colossal kind. The Washington Nationals scoring six runs in the bottom of the ninth to walk off against the A's and win 8-7. And more importantly for the playoff races, the Marlins scoring five in the bottom of the ninth and walking off against the Yankees, 8-7 winners. Yeah, it's starting to feel like maybe playoff race isn't a thing for much longer for the Yankees. Garrett Cole pitched really well, and it got washed away. Uh, They're in real trouble at this point, Scott. They're five games out of a wild card spot. The Red Sox and Mariners are ahead of them, all chasing the Toronto Blue Jays, who have that third wild card spot. For the Marlins, they are the third wild card right now in the National League. Just a half game up, though, on both the Reds and the Cubs. And, yeah, I think the Yankees keep dropping these games that they should win. They're in last place. They're 60-58 and right now. It's just embarrassing. But this was a game that it it was a win. They they lost a game that they – they win. They win that game, I I, I don't know, 97 times out of 100. They win that game. Actually, how about this? The Yankees lost with having a four-run lead in the ninth inning for the first time since July 11th, 2021. Yeah, it's tough on the stomach. Uh, Clay Holmes just got lit up. And, yeah, this is – we're getting into unprecedented territory for the New York Yankees. The last time – the Yankees have a real chance to finish with a sub-500 record. Do you care to uh, venture a guess the last time the New York Yankees lost more games than they won in a baseball season? I'll say – 1993. 1992. Two. Okay. So close. Yeah. yeah. Uh, since then, they've won more than they've lost mm-hmm. every single year. That's in real jeopardy right now. 1992. Over, I mean, 30-something years of winning baseball. This is, a, this is a really bad look for a team that, you know, hopes were high for. And I don't know how they turned it around. Like you mentioned it, Garrett Cole pitched well. You get good starting pitching, and your offense backs you up to the tune of giving you a 7-2 to two lead or a 7-1 lead. It was 7-1 in the sixth inning. Yeah. This was a 7-1 game in the sixth inning. Then it was 7-2, 7-3 going into the ninth. I, I don't know how this gets fixed. I don't know how they turn anything around here. So it's And like you said, the, the, maybe the most disturbing part for the Yankees is they're in last place. Yep. So, like, they don't – it's not just keep winning some games. Like, they've got to jump all these teams that have worked well, their ways ahead of them. Forget well, forget about last place. Last place means nothing. Five means everything. They're five games out of a wild card spot. No, it, uh, to me it does mean something because you need a lot of teams now to fall back. Like, it's not just what your one team teams. to fall back. It's the Blue Jays, the Red Sox, and the Mariners. Those are the, those are the three teams they're worried about. And they're five games back of the Blue Jays right now. Red Sox are three games back. Mariners are a game and a half back. 
If you look at the strength of schedule remaining in Major League Baseball, the Yanks have the ninth most difficult strength of schedule based on their opponent's winning percentage. The Mariners have the third easiest strength of schedule remaining. The Red Sox, who the Yankees are also chasing, have the third most difficult strength of schedule. And the Blue Jays, who they all are chasing, 20th most difficult which would also mean the 10th easiest. Yeah, it, it, it's hard to fathom Tampa or Houston, or, you know, assuming Houston and Tampa finish they're, second. They're, in both, their, they're both wild cards. They feel like they're in. Yeah, it, yeah the rest of it does feel like a, a mash of teams. Uh, and I think you should probably include the Angels in that grouping, even though, like, maybe they're showing a little bit of life at this point. Um, yeah, the, the Yankees, like you said, the strength of schedule just makes it all the more difficult I've, I'm going to go ahead and say I, I think they end up – I think they that streak ends. I think they finish this season with a losing record, miss the playoffs. McKenzie, can you give the latest projections on the Yankees' win total right now? Fangraphs projects a winning season, 83 wins, 6% chance to make the postseason. That's not good. No. <laughs> by, by the way, you want to talk about uh, having a four-run lead in the ninth inning and losing? Entering Sunday, this is according to ESPN Stats and Information, Teams were three and 759 when trailing by at least four runs in the ninth inning or later. Both the Nationals and Marlins won despite being down by at least four runs in the ninth inning. It's the first day with multiple four-run comebacks in the ninth inning or later. It happened in 2010. I guess it's not a shock that it happened to the A's. That feels about right. Yeah. Uh, Shocker what happens to the Yankees. It certainly does. Elsewhere, Shohei Otani is going to skip his next uh, pitching start. He's got arm fatigue. He's still going to bat, but he uh, will not return to the rotation. So he's not injured, but he's not pitching. The Angels need every win like blood. Something's going on here. Like He's got arm fatigue. He's tired. Well, so he is injured. Like they're making Fatigue it's- is not an injury. All right. Well, it's just he's tired. And they've had to pull him from his last couple starts. It makes sense to skip him once. Yeah. But, man, you just – they are so – they're in such a hole. And, you know, Otani wants to be out mm-hmm. there and compete. They're in a weird spot, man. It's uh, six and a half games out of a wild card spot. They're one and a half games behind the Yankees. That's yes. all you need to know. They're, <laughs> they <are>. they're, <laughs> they're under the dirt at the, the bottom of the grave. Strength the schedule remaining for the Angels is 14th. So right middle of the right pack. Of, okay. Right middle of the pack. I don't think I don't think it happens, especially if they're doing things like skipping Otani in the rotation. Yeah. I, it seems difficult to overcome. Unless they're going to pitch him on like three days rest at the end of the season, just throw him out there every third day. Hey, yeah. if he's leaving us in free agency, he might as well burn his arm out. The uh, the other story that could affect the playoff run is Vonder Franco, who did not travel with the Rays uh, for their next series with the Giants, but he, the MLB is like investigating social media reports or social media posts mm-hmm. from a young girl uh, who is making accusations of him, uh, of him like in in his home country, basically saying that uh, she's underage. And they had a sexual relationship. Yep. I mean, obviously, they're doing their due diligence before they just believe one side or the other here. But the fact that the Rays also, well, you know, we, we mentioned them trying to get back in this division race. This is uh, this is tough timing for them for a team that just lost Shane McClanahan for the rest of the regular yeah. season, at least. The uh, post has since been deleted, um, but the Rays did release a statement, quote, 
During today's game, we were made aware of the social media posts that are circulating regarding Wander Franco. We take the situation seriously and are in close contact with Major League Baseball as it conducts its due diligence. And yes, it alleged that he was in in an inappropriate relationship with a minor. And That's the, to say the least. So this is a guy who's hitting 281, 17 home runs, 30 stolen bases. He's a he's a, a big piece of what they do. So uh, it, it, remember, he was benched earlier in this season. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he didn't play yesterday. They lost to the Guardians. Kevin Cash said it was a planned day off. He said, quote, I'm aware of the speculation. I'm not going to comment any further on it. The day off was because it was a day off. I wonder if that's true because the, uh, the promotion – for the the team that day was a, a Vonder Franco snapback hat. Mm. So they gave out hats, ironically, to all the kids 14 and younger. Uh, and he didn't play. That just seems odd. Like it's like on on your bobblehead night, are you usually the guy sitting on the bench? Mm-hmm. That seemed that seems funny to me. He started the game in the dugout and then appeared to leave in the fifth inning. You don't do that on a planned day off, planned rest day. Word got out and they said, hey. Mm-hmm. Why don't you get out of here before the media starts asking yeah, you questions? Yeah, this is a this is a weird spot for the Rays. I, I'm, I'm, I mean, I, again, I don't expect to see him at all in this this series against the Giants. But beyond that, boy, that'd be a big loss for them. Well, let's talk about the schedule for tonight, and that includes the Rays at the Giants. And when you look right now, uh, the Tampa Bay Rays need to catch up against the Baltimore Orioles. Need to pick up wins when they can. Uh, but not sure what's going to happen here with the pitching situation. The odds, uh, as of right now, as we record this podcast, don't have odds on this game just yet. It is Tyler Glass now scheduled to go for the Rays and maybe Ryan Walker serving as an opener for the Giants. But we'll find out more as the morning progresses. We have the Astros at the Marlins. Framber Valdez gets the start for the Astros. Braxton Garrett going for the Marlins. Right now, the Astros a minus 135 favorite. Marlins plus 114 on the comeback. The Pirates are at the Mets. Carlos Carrasco scheduled to go for the Mets. Quinn Preister for the Pirates. No odds listed right now as this pitching situation could change. Yankees are at the Braves, and this could be a Sunday night fade. Uh, We have Max Fried going for the Braves. Clark Schmidt for the Yankees. Atlanta was in New York last night playing Sunday night baseball against the Mets, a game in which they lost 7-6 to the Mets. A valiant effort on the comeback. Matt Olson, another long bomb. Uh, The Braves are minus 225. Yankees plus 185 on the comeback. Now, a lot of that has to do, like, they probably said, you know what, there is uh, travel, bad situation for the Braves, but it's Clark Schmidt against Max Freed. Mm-hmm. We still got to hang a big number on the Braves. Maybe under nine. Yankees can't seem to score. On Clark Schmidt day? Are you kidding mm. me? No thanks, buddy. Sunday night fade. <laughs> A's are at the Cardinals. St. Louis will send Miles Michaelis to the mound. J.P. Sears starts for Oakland. The Cardinals are minus 205. Oakland plus 170 on the comeback. The Angels are at the Rangers. Patrick Sandoval for L.A. Max Scherzer goes for the Rangers. The Rangers behind Scherzer minus 175. And the Angels plus 145 on the comeback. And the Royals hosting the Mariners. You got Logan Gilbert at uh, Brady Singer. Singer going for the Royals. Seattle is minus 145 on the road. Diamondbacks are at the Rockies. Merrill Kelly scheduled to go for the Diamondbacks. Chris Flexen scheduled to go for the Rockies. Orioles at the Padres. Grayson Rodriguez scheduled for the O's. You Darvish for the home Padres. 
Big news in college football over the weekend. Nice, nice putting that out over the weekend, guys. Way to uh, way to to hide it. Uh, but Michigan football coach Jim Harbaugh, who we thought was going to serve a four-game suspension to start this season, the NCAA decided, yeah, we didn't quite sign off on that deal just yet. Like it's it wasn't determined that it's going to be four games. So basically the deal that they thought they had in place, Jim Harbaugh thought mm-hmm. he had in place, was denied by the NCAA. Uh, and now apparently there's no there, there's a question on how long of a suspension he could face. Well, I think the bigger issue here is forget about how long a suspension, but it means when will he get suspended? Because if this case now goes to a full hearing, it's going to be months before they even – sit down to discuss this issue, which means that Harbaugh is not suspended at all. He could coach this entire season before this thing gets finalized. And then, who? Like, I don't know what he's going to do the next year. What if he can serve the suspension in 2020, in 2024? He could maybe not coach in 2020. He could pull Pete Carroll and get the hell out of there. Who knows? Here's the, but, ni- here's the nightmare situation for Michigan. And this is why I, I think they will self-impose and and it like it have him at least you out don't the want first them four to, games. You don't want them to games. get to January and right before the college football playoff that I, comes down. I talked about There's this. No way that would happen when it was announced. The first four opponents: East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, Rutgers, all at home. The, Michigan couldn't lose those games if they tried. And they're like, all right, well, Harbaugh's going to miss those games. Sounds good. He'll be back for at Nebraska, the first road game of the season. Uh, and, you know, probably a time when, when you might want to have him. They follow that up with at Minnesota, home Indiana, at Michigan State. Imagine they get to that point in the season and he's been coaching right along and they say, all right, we're going to suspend you for four games, five games, whatever it is. Now you're missing Michigan State, Purdue, at Penn State, at Maryland, Ohio State. Those are games they need their head coach for. Yeah, I just don't think that happens because if this thing is going to go to a full hearing and it's going to get pushed back, then the lawyers are going to get involved. Uh, uh, Harbaugh's attorney is going to get involved, and they're going to push it as far as they can. They're going to push it to be on the season. And I, I, I have a feeling Harbaugh coaches this entire season, and then any suspension will happen in 2024. Yeah, Dan Wetzel from Yahoo reporting uh, the case will move further through the NCAA disciplinary system, almost certainly into the offseason sometime in 2024. So now Harbaugh's expected to coach every game this that's, season. Yep, that's how I feel. Uh, maybe so. I, I mean, it, and I guess it would be, it wouldn't, maybe it wouldn't be fair for the NCAA to just try to decide in the middle of the season. No, okay, they would now never we're do it. Like I said, you. the lawyers would get involved. They'd, they'd, they'd file, they'd appeals a, and, file an injunction. Yeah, and do so, something to get it to, to push it back till after the season's over. Well, and you know what? Maybe this is a good thing for Michigan because Michigan's got playoff hopes this year. Yes, they are a they are a contender again uh, to win the national championship. Tell so, you what, Michigan wins the national championship. Jim Harbaugh retires. Harbaugh steps away. I wouldn't shock me. No suspension. No discipline. No nothing. No black mark on his record. I mean, doesn't it always feel like there, there's discussion? It feels like every season there's yeah. discussion that Jim Harbaugh might step away anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, this is the time. The Pete Carroll style. Ooh, it's getting warm yeah. in here. What is, what I'm is, out. What does RJ always say? He smells. Yeah. <laughs> what doesn't smell is the discounts available at pregame.com. No tricks here up our sleeve. Just 20% off using the promo code NOX20. 
If you go to pregame.com, there's a variety of discounted packages available for you already. You can certainly purchase a daily best bet from your favorite pregame pro or take advantage of our 20% coupon at using the promo code NOX20 at pregame.com. And why don't you get a football package, an NFL package from your favorite pregame pro, a combo NFL and college football package, or maybe you're just a college football guy. Just get a college football package, but a season-long subscription is the best way to get every pick from your favorite pregame pro because you're going to save money because with the amount of picks that they put out, if you were to purchase them all individually, every best bet, every two-star, every three-star, you might as well just get the whole season and use our 20% discount, Knox 20 and you'll save a boatload of money why? By following your favorite pregame pro. That's only available to you, our listeners, at pregame.com. From Mackenzie Rivers and A.J. Hoffman, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas AM.